just think we were prepared. You know, one thing my, uh, my trainer, he told me, he said, what did he say? He just told us to be prepared. It's always doubt with us every year. And it's like, oh, well, the Saints can't do this because something or, you know, Drew's gone and it. Oh, I, I don't, I'm the wrong person to ask because I don't care. And I'm coming in every year thinking we're going to be the shit. You know, there's a lot of factors that, that cause you to not be successful, and as we watch this touchdown. Oh, man. Oh, man. That's, that's, that's Williams that. with his first touchdown of the season, and that's the rivalry, right? It right. looked like a knee, and the Saints score a touchdown with 110 to get Arthur Smith's hot that Dennis Allen scored a touchdown at the end. He is hot. He said, what are you doing? And he's going at Dennis Allen. I understand that. You can read his lips, and you know, and I think he's got a right, by the way, to do that. What up? Welcome back to Black and Gold BS, the irreverent Saints podcast from Boot Crew Media, presented by AGI Specialty Valves and Zapardo's Family Market. I'm Jacob Krasno, alongside my trusty co-hosts, Allison Platt, Allison Pratt, (laughs) (laughs) and our trusty producer, Bryce Heigl. Well... The Saints ended the season in uh, uh, the most like New Orleans-y, horribly ironic, poetic fashion possible. We beat the Falcons, absolutely immolating them, 48-17. to We faked taking a knee at the end of the game so we could get Jamal Williams his first rushing touchdown of the year. And then... Arthur Smith yelled at D.A., and then D.A. apologized to Arthur Smith in his press conference, thus invalidating the epic way in which the game ended. And now we're out of the playoffs because the Bucks won, the Packers won. So we're done. The season's over. Uh, Allison, how, how are you feeling as we mourn the 2023 Saints? Well, I am wrestling between being a bit relieved because maybe just maybe there's a chance we part ways with da sooner because we didn't make the playoffs and he had we won the division if the bucks had lost for example he could have claimed to be a division winner he still can't do that but it's also just i just cannot believe he apologized for that yeah they're our biggest rival it's like I saw some tweet where it was like Sean Payton would have gone for two. It's like, it's just not like, it's gross. It's you don't, the vibes are off. Like I said, in the group chat this week, the vibes are off. Like I would be just like, come out and be like, we've moved on from Dennis Allen. Like he doesn't, it's not a fit. It's not a fit. And like, and it just, the day started off with the whole article from pro football talk, like this PR thing for him, like in shitting on like, fan favorite players and it's like I'm just sad because this is going to be how it's going to be for a while like clearly like the Saints brass is like just choosing this path and like this the fans have never been louder right the players at this point are loud and they're just like whatever yeah there's a lot to unpack here um like having players tweet 
about this minutes after the game. I feel like it's unprecedented. Yeah. Like, do you remember something like that? Like, I don't. I don't either. I'm not as dialed into Twitter as, say, like Sean is. But today I was pretty glued to my phone screen. And it was pretty amazing that, like, the chorus has been universal in speaking out against what Dennis Allen did. You know, you had guys like Benjamin Watson, who was a Saints player, and then Jacob Hester, who played for LSU and, and played for many years in the NFL for the Chargers and the Broncos. And they both basically came out and said, like, you don't throw players under the bus the way Dennis Allen did. And it's a really great way to lose the locker room. And, and no, you and, already and, lost it. Yeah. And Watson pointed out in his tweet that if you have players that are all that are like going rogue and calling their own plays and like, it, it's over, like it's already done. Um, yeah. And, <laughs> and every player has come out and said that they chose to do it and they would do it again. Like even Eric McCoy had to say, like Jameis was it like, everyone was like, yeah, we fucking decided <laughs> Like yeah. I'd do it a million times. Like, yeah, and like everything, everything the players have said has made sense. Like it, Eric McCoy probably put it the most eloquently when he said that it's not about the Falcons, it's about the Saints and their team, and they wanted to do something nice for Jamal Williams, who is a player that we said that everyone knows like is a great teammate. He's a really interesting personality. Everybody loves him. And he had like the worst year of his career. He was hurt. Yeah. Uh, he hadn't scored a touchdown after scoring 17 leading last the year, NFL, leading yeah. the NFL. And they just wanted to get him a touchdown. And like, also at the end of the day, this is football. Like this isn't corporate America or church or like playtime with your nieces and nephews and like young kids. Like this is grown man football. Fuck the rest of the NFL. Like they don't care about us. Fuck them. Like, run up the score. Who cares? Sean Payton has done it, and he will continue to do it in Denver if he ever gets the chance. Like, Also, 48 isn't – it's like the Dolphins scored 70 points earlier this year. The Ravens scored 56 last week. Like, like it's, it's a game. Yeah. Be better. <laughs> yeah, there's just like so and many things like that he, are wrong with. He this. got so scared of stupid Arthur Smith, who's going to be fired tomorrow morning, like calling him out instead of shaking his hand. That he like opened the presser with apologizing, and it's like you actually just like out pussied him by doing that. Yeah, no, it's Dennis Allen is just like it's, he doesn't represent me or my team or this culture like he's just not a fit and he needs to be punted like all the way into like the next universe i just like who who is defending him so hard well i mean that's the frustrating thing like, Allison, it just is nobody like, knows nobody knows why he's like still lurking around and like maybe it was just hidden under like the pile of like success we became accustomed to with john payton and drew but like I always felt like they were pretty in tune with the fans during that stretch. Yeah. Well, you know, lately I've been thinking about something I'd heard back when I was a member of the media a very long time ago. Um, because you're right. Um, it seems like the organization was pretty in tune with what the fans wanted. And I think they are aware they're very acutely aware of how we feel. But 
I, I remember hearing something a long time ago that Mickey Loomis is an elitist that he just like thinks he's better than the common folk. He thinks he knows better than, you know, people in the media, people, people with podcasts. Um, and I think a lot of times, yeah, maybe he does know better than us because he's an NFL GM. He's been doing it for a very long time, but this is one instance in which like, maybe he, doesn't or maybe he knows that he's wrong and just like won't admit it because some of the answers he's given to the media uh amongst this like swirl of shit this season have been very very condescending and there's probably others in the building that are like him and they just don't i think it probably boils down to like pride and like not wanting to admit that they made a mistake with dennis allen and not wanting to fire their friend. And because of that, they're not being accountable. It's really, really frustrating. Um, but, you know, I think all that is to say, like, on the other hand, you have people that are speaking out on Twitter louder than ever. You had this, this <laughs> kneel down incident that ruined an otherwise like epic win. And I don't think that can be ignored. So maybe you know, maybe it's like 97% that Dennis Allen comes back and maybe there's 3% where like they look at what happened today, Loomis and Gail and all the other decision makers. And they say, you know what? I think, I think DA crossed the line and how, how maybe can he's they not even the expect to like, cause what they're like, what it seems like they're going to do is like fire Pete Carmichael, even though like now that, narrative doesn't even make sense because like the offense is actually like you <laughs> the know offense I mean? like, has been lighting well it up yeah for the last month but like they're gonna find some action that they can like feel like the fans will like accept as like a change for like three mediocre seasons in a row but like what what decent coordinator would want to come here into this mess of a locker room that doesn't respect or like their head coach and fan base that doesn't right that's a good point if if Dennis Allen is viewed as a lame duck and, and and look, people, these coaches are on Twitter. They know people that are on Twitter. They had like kind of, they should know what's going on in, in these different NFL cities. Like if they feel as if the temperature is too high to take a job in new Orleans, then yeah, that might deter some people. Which I also, it's just our culture is shifting back to being losers. So it's like, yeah, you, any cred we had that was built up on the winning culture we had for the 15 years of Sean and Drew is getting eroded like quicker and quicker. Like you're, you can't live on that goodwill yeah. any yeah. longer probably. And that, that brings us back to what happened before the game when all these uh, reports surfaced of, and it, there was a report I think from, Pro Football Talk, and then there was Jeff Duncan's column in the on NOLA.com that, well, first, Florio from Pro Football Talk reports that, that uh, DA is probably safe, and then separately, Jeff Duncan's column, which I did not read because it's behind a paywall, so, uh, you know. That's exactly not, what you would think. I'm not for that. <laughs> um, <laughs> like, the gist of that article was that um, – Marcus Lattimore and Michael Thomas are old and the team has been better 
or the same without them for most of the year while they've been injured. And like, I, that really like riled people up. I mean, Michael Thomas, that one I think is more understandable if we were to move on from him because he has lost a step. Um, and he did, he did tweet some stuff about Carr in the middle of a game that I could see rankling some feathers, although I still love Michael Thomas and I'd love to see him come back. But the Lattimore thing, it's just like, yeah, I'm sure he's been difficult to deal with behind the scenes, but he's such a good cornerback. You just th- those guys don't grow on trees. Like if we're going to trade him, we better get a top ten pick for a guy like that. You know, we better be trading him to get a Jaden Daniels or a Michael Penix Jr. Um, otherwise, like I don't think the return for such a generational talent would be worth it. But the result is like it really pissed people off because. Yeah, New Orleans football fans, like football fans in the Gulf South, we're we're not stupid. Like we're not plebes. We know football and like we don't buy the bullshit argument that these iconic Saints players are holding the team back. Like we know that like something also, happened. It's also like if they do want to trade them, which I don't agree with bad-mouthing them as, like, old and bad in the locker room is not a good way to, like, promote value for them. (laughs) It's a really short-sighted... What the fuck are you doing? It's a really short-sighted PR move, and honestly, like, I'm... Like, if it did come from the Saints, like, what the fuck is our PR team doing? Like, we're we're starting to sound like like a despotic regime, you know, we're starting to sound like fucking North Korea, like trying to gaslight people into thinking we're great. Like, well, that's what you, to your point, like, it's the wrong group, like group of fans to do that to. Like, yeah, we're not dumb. Yeah. Like, everybody can read between the lines on both of those articles and what the intent was. It's just like what I continue to ask. I already asked it on this pod. Is like, who is driving this? it's really, really baffling. Um, and Cause you would think Gail wants the team to be <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> and she's shown like, she's done it with the Pelicans. Like just been like, whoops, gotta go. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, she was willing to eat crow and pay three head coaches at the same time. And uh, it remains to be seen if, Willie Green is the guy for the Pelicans, but at least they're trending in the right direction. With the Saints, like, even, uh, and that's what's so kind of, like, I don't know, it, I kind of love part of love part of the drama, too. Like, what's so frustrating about today is that we, I was ready to accept Dennis Allen as the coach next year because of how good we looked and because he pulled that petty shit at the end with the kneel down. I was like, oh, here we go. Like he's showing some signs of life and then he, he walked it back and just left a bad taste in everyone's mouths. You know, I, does it make you wonder about why Sean Payton really left? I hadn't thought about that, but I think that's a good question. I've been thinking about that lately. Cause like he wasn't done coaching and like, he's got such a, competitive spirit like not dissimilar to like Bill Belichick like wanting to prove it wasn't just Drew Brees or whatever like he said he wanted to coach again and like he had this like 
bullshit answer about Goodell and maybe that's right maybe it's wrong like the bad calls and stuff but like he's a smart man <laughs> and like it makes me wonder if like something was going on before yeah that's interesting um it makes that, like me... was just covered up by winning yeah you know I that reminds me of of the sort of urban legend of how uh Nick Saban was ousted from LSU after he won the national championship in 2003, he coached for one, only one more season in Baton Rouge before he left for the Dolphins. Um, right? Or was he there for two more years? I think it was just one. I think Les Miles was. No, it was one. It was only yeah, one. Yeah. Yeah. Miles took over in 2005. So the 04 season, there were all these, uh, it turned out to be like pretty substantiated stories um, about how the players had just got tired of Nick Saban and his attitude and how he, you know, was really hard on them. And it eventually like uh, literally came to blows between Nick Saban and Ronnie Prude in the, the hallway after they lost to Iowa um, in the bowl game. And yeah, I mean, I think that's a good question. It's like, did Sean Payton have a similar effect? Like were people, and I don't, I, I don't think like the players maybe felt this way, but it's possible the people in the organization, you know, didn't, they just got tired of 16 years of a guy breathing down their neck, but. I think they got but, tired of, like, I wonder if DA is just like a, they just, and maybe it is Loomis. Like, I don't know. Like they just want somebody that like is super timid and like kind of a pushover. Maybe. Like I could see from just like a, if you were just like a corporate guy who worked at the facility or like a really low level assistant, like you wouldn't want a fucking dictator like telling you what to do and, and yet screaming at you because you put the wrong color Sharpie in the box that's on the table at the meeting. But to that, I say, why are you working for an NFL franchise if you don't like that kind of stuff because that's what it takes yeah. to win like this is not this is not like a job at a bank like you win you must do everything in your power to win you get paid a lot of money to do this so i don't want to hear any excuses like if you don't like it fucking do something else um so i think it's a good question allison but if that's the way it is then like those people need to find another career yeah, it just makes me, it makes me, I mean, I'm sure all of our parents and elders would tell us that we've been spoiled, but it makes me feel very weary about the, about watching this team in the next decade. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this is, this is sort of like what's been running in the background of like everything we've been saying for the past two years. It's like, I, I don't really like it being phrased as we're spoiled. Like we grew up watching the team suck and we've seen a lot of really shitty things and having higher standards is not necessarily the same thing as like, we've been spoiled. No, no, no. I, I'm not saying that. I think yeah. that's what others. I'm sure that that's probably like, a way in which the Saints PR team might spin it, which would be like super fucked up and crazy if they ever said that. But we should not, 
like we just shouldn't tolerate losing. And it, it would be different if we had a season like the Broncos did, right? Where they looked really bad and then they improved a lot. And there's kind of like light at the end of the tunnel. And, but we just have no faith with the Saints because we've looked really good and then we've looked really bad and we've ping ponged back and forth between the two. And like last year ended in a similar fashion to the way this season ended. I mean, we lost to the Panthers in like a really horrible game last year in, in week 18, but we had won like three in a row before that. And this year we kind of did something similar where we looked really, really good in the latter half of the season, but like mistakes from the beginning of the year came back to bite us in the ass. And like, where was the momentum from the end of last year, right? Like it didn't carry over at all. Even though we had all these new pieces, we had a healthy offense. We had Derek Carr, like everybody came back on defense. So like, why did we make these like horrible mistakes early in the year that bit us in the ass and like why did we look horrendous on offense for the first two months yeah there's just no we keep saying it over and over again there's really just no faith in dennis allen's ability to turn it around like the evidence does not suggest that he's ever going to be good enough to win a super bowl and that's that no yeah and it there's also the argument of like, okay, so what if he's not good enough to win a Super Bowl? At least things should be fun. Like the standard should be is the team fun to watch. But we weren't even fun to watch for most no. of the year. Hardly. It wasn't until the last like Unfun. five weeks that the offense actually had a pulse. Today was the last time I remember like being like, this is fun. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was today was great. I mean, we should talk about like the actual game itself. Like Derek Carr looked awesome. And he's looked awesome in a couple games. And it, it makes me wonder is he inconsistent or was he just injured? And if he was injured, if that shoulder injury he sustained against the Packers was serious enough to affect his play, then why the fuck were we playing him the whole season? Like, why would DA trot him out there if his performance is going to affect the team? Like the fan base turned on Carr because of the way he played. And like maybe that was unfair. Maybe he shouldn't have been out there at all. So I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I feel like I don't know how true this is, but I read on Twitter that, um, like, statistically, I guess. Carr is like not good in the first year he's in an offense I think I've said this before and that like he takes time to like understand it and so like maybe it makes some sense combined with injuries that like by the end of the year he's feeling more confident in his play calling yeah and like another thing that I liked about today and maybe it might have been like the game I paid the most attention to in a few weeks also but it really felt like we were using Taysom like more than normal like i we like did. when we use him like we probably use him what, like in 25 percent of snaps or something it felt like he was like really getting rotated in in multiple positions the same thing was true last week against the bucks and i feel like that it also obviously keeps defenses on their toes but like it opened up a lot of 
plays for them for Carr even and for other receivers that like I feel like Carr was anti Taysom until you like understand how it like actually makes you a better QB one when you like let those plays happen for you and like today felt like the most fluid where like Carr would come out on a third down and I think that that used to like make him angry or like he would fight that or like wish for something else but like that was like the right call for the offense and like maybe he was just like being a little bit more receptive to that once he understood that it opened up like great throws for him to have a three touchdown day. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it felt like there was a lot more of that, like in and out with them that like we saw towards the end of Drew's career too, where like nobody was getting like pissed that like they were not the third down quarterback, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That was a weird story this year. Uh, yeah. I forgot who was the one who reported that about, Carr not liking coming out of the game, but Carr eventually responded to it directly yeah. and said that he was fine with it if it helped the team win. So, yeah, just another like weird storyline. But yeah, Taysom looked good today. At Perry, I, I do think it's ironic that they write this this hit piece on Michael Thomas being washed and like At Perry had two touchdowns and looked yeah. pretty good. Um, and if we if we don't bring Michael Thomas back, we need A.T. Perry to be good, no matter who's the head coach or offensive coordinator. So that was nice. Um, and it was nice to see Jamal Williams get a touchdown. Yeah. It, that's one of the – we didn't really talk about it much through the course of the season due to our preoccupation with existential problems. But Jamal Williams really didn't look very good and he was hurt for most of the year, but he really is like an awesome, awesome personality and by all accounts, a great teammate. And it was, it was pretty cool that they did that for him. Yeah. Um, Yeah. It made me happy. And like the way that they all talk about him and collective decision-making, like there's still some semblance of culture there. It just does not include our head coach. Right. Yeah. And you know, um, one of the players that tweeted after the game was Alvin Kamara, who, if you're aware of everything that's been going on, you would understand the tweet, but he basically tweeted at Jameis. Um, <laughs> I don't even know if I can say the word that he said in the tweet because now it's like <laughs> a stand-in for basically. like a he basically said my guy, you know, Jameis is my guy. And that's probably uh, a nod to Jameis's quote at the end of the game, that it was a collective decision and that um, they made it as a team and they wanted to do it for Jamal. Um, So, yeah. And also, we want to stick it to the Falcons. Like, Christ. Yeah. I mean, just apologizing to the Falcons for anything should be grounds for being fired. Yes. Like they literally uh, put visitors up when we go play them there. Oh like Arthur Smith's a little bitch. Oh my god. Like I can't I just still can't wrap my mind around the fact that like Dennis Allen went from being from maybe becoming a folk hero to being hated more than ever in the span of ten minutes after that game. I mean, just like what a fucking idiot. <laughs> like, what an idiot. I hope that they are dumb enough to put Dennis Allen 
and some of the brain trust on a Mardi Gras float in a couple weeks. They can't be that dumb. They can't. I, I'm gonna if they are, I'm gonna break my like one of the golden rules of Mardi Gras is you never ever pick up beads off the ground. I am gonna find beads that landed in a pile of police horse horse shit, and I'm gonna chuck them at Dennis. I Allen. thought you were and gonna I, say the real golden rule of Mardi Gras, which is you can't pee in public. <laughs> and you well, pee that would be truly epic. <laughs> I will stay. I will find a ladder. I will stand on the ladder and I will <laughs> urinate on Dennis Allen. You honestly wouldn't even get arrested. <laughs> Probably not because there's no cops left. <laughs> well, are... and because everyone would be like, nice. <laughs> I like, it I would cause that... a literal waterfall of people joining you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I want to find, uh, yeah, just like a, a, an unopened can of beer to chuck at him. It's actually, though, like, I knew today would be weird, which we talked about before we got on, but, like, the fact that he could just make the headline of this game anything but, like, Saints go out on a high note and, like, stomp their rivals. Like, DA looks promising after all of that shit. He just ruined it. Just, like, oh, and didn't God. even It wasn't even like he got baited into it by question. He was like, I'd like to start my presser with unwinding all of the success that i just had and making everyone hate me more you're welcome <laughs> it's it's unbelievable it Even really when... is it's so so new orleans like 1825 tulane <laughs> just like it couldn't have happened in a more saintsy way <laughs> Oh, anything else we want to um, vent about with regards to DA? I think I've gotten the most of vitriolic. Chest. I'm just sad that we probably have to deal with this for a lot longer than we should. Probably. I'm, I'm actually most sad that like real, like really like special saints teammates like I, this off season is going to be really interesting with, from a personnel perspective, I think because of all this yeah. too. Uh, you know what? Sad. And after all this, we don't even get a top 10 draft pick. No. Although I will say <laughs> we're, we're at 15. We'll have the 15th pick, I believe. And I think we will be in strike. Like we're not going to draft a quarterback. We all just need to prepare ourselves for that. Like horrible truth. But you never know. I mean, maybe, maybe we'll, <laughs> Bryce just gave us a thumbs down on his on his computer screen. Um, you know, maybe maybe we'll surprise people, but like when you're at 15, I think you're within striking distance of like you can get into the top 10. I I I said it last week. I said it earlier in the pod. The one trade I would be okay with involving Lattimore is if we traded up into the top 10. We we somehow got into the top 10 or the top five. And, and picked a quarterback. I because I would trade him for a quarterback. I don't think I'd trade him for anything else. He's that good. Another interesting thing about Lattimore is that he was there today. He was on the sideline with the team. I don't think Michael Thomas was. So, I thought that was an interesting note. I think Michael Thomas isn't going to be back. And that writing has been on the wall for some time. But yeah. 
I would be sad about Lattimore unless, to your point, we got some serious assets in exchange. Yeah, the Lattimore thing, you know, Nick Underhill and Mike Triplett potted about that this week. Um, and they, they brought up something I'd forgotten, which was that we have tried to move on from Lattimore before. You know, he's comes from a rough neighborhood in Cleveland, and the rumors, maybe they're unsubstantiated or that he's been a little difficult to deal with. And uh, there were a lot of reports that we tried to trade up for J.C. Horn or Pat Sertan, some of those young elite cornerbacks that were drafted in the last like three years so and then we paid Lattimore instead but we couldn't get those guys so maybe maybe the problems with Lattimore have been present for longer than DA has been head coach but I don't know I think the fact that he was there today is interesting um, if he wasn't there It'd be easier to say, like, oh, his relationship soured. But apparently he was, he was, well, he was photographed on the sideline. He's been spotted at the facility recently. So maybe it's not, like, all unsalvageable with him. But we'll see. Yeah. I'm, I'm holding out hope that they realize that this is just... I would be, situation. we would have to emergency pod tomorrow if for some reason he's fired, but I oh, know yeah. he's not going to be, but I, it would make me so, <laughs> Yeah, I, I can't even describe it, but it's not going to happen. I don't even, what's interesting is like, I feel like we haven't gone through a Black Monday, you know, like where you no. want your coach to be fired. You're just like, fuck yeah, like this is a new chapter. Like hasn't happened since Hazlitt. Yeah. Bryce, do you want to say anything? You haven't said anything all year. People probably don't think you're real. Well, I am. <laughs> oh, he speaks. Well, we suck, so <laughs> I don't know what to say. I, um, yeah, so this season has been horrible. Dennis Allen is horrible. Um, everything's going to shit in such a short span that I – don't know what to make of it, if it's to be honest <laughs> with you. Uh, it's just, it's crazy because what you mentioned earlier about like, I was like, okay, like, I love it. I love it. I love what, what Dennis Allen did. And then like complete flip, just a yeah. complete flip. And I, I could, like, I almost was about to text you too. And I was just like, I cannot believe that Dennis Allen did that. That's awesome. And then hearing him apologize, I was like, I was like, what? what it's... my favorite tweet that i saw was like it's not who we are and then it was like the video of when we ran up the score on the eagles with like that deep throw to um kamara we were up 38 to 7 and it's like yeah no that is who we are it's exactly yeah. who we are it is like who that's we not are. who you, you apologizing are. for it is so insane we also yeah, that's ran not who you are dennis allen that's who yeah. we are that's not yeah. who you are we also did it to the Falcons in 2011 when we wanted Drew Brees broke the fucking single season yeah. passing record on a touchdown pass to Darren Sproles that ran up the score. It was like 46 to 14 or something like it is exactly who we are as a yeah. franchise. And it is and exactly who both we those are teams. as people. We're fucking petty as shit. Like 
fuck the NFL. We've been screwed by them so many times. I don't have sympathy for any other team or any other coach or any other player or any other fan. I hope they all fucking also, suffer like the, we have. Isn't the only reason we were even in that position because Honey Badger, like, just, like, stopped running his pick six return back? Like, yeah. It was like, what they, had they been running it up if he <laughs> ran it I think, in? Uh, like, I think his age has caught up to him, so. Yeah. Yeah, well, that was something that Jameis said in his post-game media availability yeah, was that if we had scored on the pick six, like, was that dirty too? Yeah. Uh, interesting times. I mean, I am, I will say, I am glad that we won and beat the shit out of the Falcons. Like, that was fun, you know. Yeah. But somehow a 48 to, what was it, 48-17? 17, yeah. It? yeah. Dude, for, somehow that big blowout became about Dennis Allen's actions after the game. Yeah. It's like, it's like, it's almost like it didn't even happen. Yeah. It's really sad. It's 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 a disservice to the players. It's really sad. And he did it. He could have just shut his fucking mouth. Like we should have been talking about Olave's catch and like Shahid's going to be a star and like how great the offense was. And the defense was shut down in the second half and nobody's talking about any, any players. Well, yeah, not, not only did he apologize, but he like he threw the players under the bus for it. Yeah. Like you could you want to apologize, whatever, but then you're gonna say they went against my word. And it's like you could have you could have just kept that internally and just been like, I'm sorry. Yeah, you know, that just what happens or whatever. But like he threw Jameis under the bus and you know, Jameis is gone, but Jameis is also a Saints legend now for that. So oh yeah. <laughs> Oh, yeah. He will live in infamy for that shit. Oh, yeah. He's a Saints legend now for that. And the, the team loves them. Like... Yeah. One of the great tragedies of, of Dennis Allen sucking the life out of the team and the fan bases like a Dementor descending from Azkaban is that, like, we really haven't had many complaints about, like, the roster construction of this team. We've complained about the roster management and we've questioned at times whether Derek Carr was the right quarterback. I mean, that's something that many franchises deal with, but like the team itself, like they always played hard. Like despite, you know, Dennis Allen's like poor coaching, like they, they never gave up on like any of these games and, despite all like the bullshit we're still nine and eight and like i think like i don't think the roster needs to be overhauled like i think the team has some like really good foundational pieces we are never had an issue with the roster we were excited about the roster yeah yeah the easiest schedule in the nfl yeah bryce is right there are some concerns about the age of guys like demario and and honey badger but they they look okay. I mean, I, those sorry. are guys like you ride them until until the, the wheels fall off. Joe Flacco is go- playing in a playoff game. <laughs> yeah, like we like all of the blame to me lies on coaching. Like, there's plenty of teams with way shittier rosters that are playing next weekend. Yeah, in harder divisions, no less. The Steelers went five and one in the hardest division in the NFL with like no quarterback. Yeah, that's I don't, coaching. 
Mike Tomlin. That is something yep. about him. People run through a brick wall for that guy. Yeah, you know, I would like just be buried under a brick wall for Denzel. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be like, oh, I had to play for him. Just bury me under his <laughs> Kill me. <laughs> but, I mean, they've, they've like, throughout the history of the league, it's shown that rebuilding, as you want to call it, doesn't work. Yeah. It right. just doesn't. Uh, eventually, may, you might get a good team, but, like, when someone's, like, they're tanking, it doesn't work. Just retooling is really what what we need to do in – what a lot of teams do. Like, I mean, if you think about last off season, I don't think we had a defensive tackle. Like we didn't have a single defensive tackle. I think when everyone left, yeah, and he yeah. built, he basically built that rebuilt that line from the ground up with, with you know, Granderson and Jordan. And to be honest, I mean, they've kind of underperformed if you want to look at the whole, the league as a whole, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we didn't necessarily, and this we obviously caught lightning in a bottle in 2006, but that wasn't necessarily a total rebuild. It was a retool. There were a lot of players on the 2006 team that were part of the Hazlitt regime. And who's to say, like, if, if a new head coach comes in, like, why do people assume that they would just, like, cut everyone who's 30 years old or older like no way they would probably keep most of these guys around i mean look at the texans the the major changes on their roster were two draft picks yeah and a new coach also i think they drafted two receivers tank dell and nico collins i believe yeah well yeah yeah. and besides the two in the first round but still yeah, just it, that's all it takes is one little spark like that. They were the and, worst team in the NFL last year. So, like, four players and a new coach, then you win your division. It was a playoff game. Yep. Some, some two lucky teams next year are going to have the pleasure of drafting Jaden Daniels and Michael Penix. And I bet one of them has a season like that. Um, we could definitely draft Michael Penix. He's not going to be a top 10 draft. Unless I think unless, he falls, yeah. Unless I hope he, so, like, I'll, take him. I'll take unless, him. Unless he Why has not? like the game of his life tomorrow, which he could. Like I feel like people are down on him. He's like a late first. Like I'd be happy drafting him. I think he's looked really good. He looked incredible. He looked incredible in the playoff game for sure. I think people are pissed about his injuries, but like, whatever. Jaden yeah. is now going to be like a top five pick. Oh, for sure. Yeah, Jaden. Jaden is perfect. I love him. Um, the thing is, I though, if you anything. look at the draft order right now, a lot of those teams don't like. There's a lot of quarterbacks, right? Like, if you think Drake May and Caleb Williams are going to go top five, and Jaden, like the Chargers don't need a quarterback. The Cardinals, you could argue, don't need a quarterback. No, the the Cardinals um, said that they're sticking with Kyler Murray. Right, so mm-hmm. that they're the fourth now, and the Chargers are the fifth, and then the Giants are the sixth, I think. Yeah, the Giants will probably draft a quarterback. You would know better than us, Allison. I think so. I, I actually, I'm on team draft Marvin Harrison, but he's not going to fall that far. I think Marvin Harrison is super overrated. Mm-hmm. What has that guy ever done? Like, I've never seen, like, a highlight reel. The only highlight reels I've you ever should, seen of him are, like, the <laughs> Your ones... homework is to go look up a highlight reel, then. <laughs> 
I just keep seeing videos of him with his fucking Gucci watch or whatever he wore. All right, well, like, your, game. your algo is off. You should go look up his highlights. He makes like one-handed catches while like two people are tackling him. Malik Neighbors is better. All right. But I think we've all come to the conclusion that it should have been a happier day than it ended up being. Yeah. Well, we will end it on a positive note. I'm happy. I'm happy that Derek Carr played well. I want Derek Carr to be successful. I don't want him to be a hundred fifty million dollar albatross. I'm happy that Jamal Williams scored a touchdown. Fuck you, DA. I'm happy for AT Perry and Olave and Taysom and all the players that had great games. Like and didn't uh who had Shahid had a touchdown too. Shahid had a touchdown. Alante Taylor had a pick. Uh, Honey Badger had another pick. Like, I hope those guys. Uh... Kendry Miller looked good too. Yes. Oh, that was yes. Before we go, we should mention. Yeah, we should. He had a great game. Kendry Miller rushed for eighty yards and looked like twenty seventeen Alvin Kamara. Like, yeah. I, I I don't think we should get rid of Alvin Kamara, but having another guy that's like mm-hmm. him waiting in the wings, like that, does make me feel better about where the backfield will be in twenty twenty four. Black and Gold BS is brought to you by AGI Specialty Valves, the pump protection valve experts. With over 35 years of experience, AGI Specialty Valves is the number one supplier of automatic recirculation valves for pump protection. Don't let preventable pump failures cost you. Contact AGI Specialty Valves at 832-485-0003 or info at agivalves.com. Maybe uh, Dennis Allen will do a tour of a valve factory and fall in just fall into a valve you know classic like industrial revolution era death (laughs) falls into the valve all right you can keep that in there because if you're listening for this long then you already know that i'm a sick sick man zapardo's family market makes a difference when the owners are there a big difference now, last week I said you should go to Zapardo's and buy groceries and then use the paper bag and wear it as an accessory to the dome. But I think this week you should get plastic bags. I'm sure we'll have a lot to talk about this offseason. And uh, who knows, maybe the Saints will surprise us and we'll have uh, God, I, heads will roll on Black Monday. I hope so, so much. <laughs> <laughs> For Sean and Allison and Bryce. I'm Jacob, and this has been Black and Gold BS. Until next time, who dat? Who dat?